Hello and welcome to season two, episode four of the Perspective Podcast. I am back with a full-length episode in which I get to chat with Amy Narang, the founder of Amy Kamalani, a feminine clothing brand with detailed hand-drawn designs made out of 100% satin and has the mission of empowering women. Because of this, Amy donates a portion of profits to a women-empowering nonprofit or charity organization. From manufacturing to websites to fabric, Amy is going to let us in and share a behind-the-scenes look into what starting a clothing business from the ground up really entails. With that being said, let's see what Amy's perspective really is. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. I am so excited to have you as a guest, and I think our listeners are really going to enjoy hearing about fashion from an entrepreneur's point of view. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here too and share my story because it's not something that I talk about often, so I'm really excited to be talking about it with you. Yes, I'm excited to give you this platform. Um, so to begin, I just like to have our listeners kind of situated. So if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and I guess what really sparked your curiosity in fashion. So I grew up in Southern California and fashion has always been something that's been of interest to me, but it hasn't been the sole focus of my activities or the things that I did, if that makes sense. So I grew up a dancer And that kind of consumed my entire life in a way. And I feel that I dedicated the most hours of my life to dance. And fashion was kind of a side piece or a hobby of mine. And so when I was younger, I used to sit in my room and I would draw clothing designs and sketch them out and like look at fabrics, piece things together, play fashion games and all of the little things like that in my free time. But I was never able to do something tangible with fashion until I decided to create Amy Kamalani. So it's always been a lifelong passion of mine, but not something that I was able to pursue until I had the business tools to do it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So when you were little, like, where did you, like, draw inspiration from, like, for your dance costumes or maybe just, like, the different fashion choices that you were making as a kid? Like, what made you, I guess, want to, like, draw clothes and really, like, got your interest in it? Was it, like, your parents or how did that really come about? I think I really got a lot of my inspiration from my mom because her style has always been something that she's cared about a lot. And she has a style that's very elegant, feminine. And I've noticed that it's very timeless in the way that she chooses her clothing and she can keep it for a really long period of time. And I always really admired that. And so I think that my love for fashion definitely came from her and the way that she dressed me as a child. And then I kind of just adopted her style as my own and then found my own path within that. Yeah, I can relate to that. My mom, it's like, I feel like the most fashionable person ever. And I'm always just trying to like keep up, it feels like. So I can relate to that. Um, So is like a brand, I guess, like, how did you or when did you decide that you really wanted to make fashion more a part of your like activities? I know you said you really focused on dance. And then like, what kind of shifted that and made you want to start a whole business? So like I said, I had always drawn sketches and one summer, I think it was two summers ago, the summer after our freshman year of college, I was no longer on a competitive dance team that ran throughout the summer. So I found myself with a lot more free time and that means that I made a lot more sketches. And there was one day in particular where I disappeared for about three hours. I was supposed to hang out with my friends. I didn't call them, didn't text them, didn't say anything. 
and they were calling me like, what happened to you? Where were you? And I was like, oh, sorry, I got so sucked into my sketches. Like I was just drawing for three hours straight and had no idea how much time had passed. And they were like, oh, we want to see, like, I want to see what you're working on. And I showed them some of them pictures of it. And they were like, Amy, we love these. They're so cute. You should make it into a business. We would actually buy them. I think that people would really, really like the things that you're working on just in your free time and for fun. And so that's what got my wheels turning was them saying that. And from there, I decided that I wanted to look into what it took to start a fashion business and start my own line. And from there, it took me an entire year to figure out how to actually do it and all of the steps that it required to create a legit business where I could actually sell product. So the first thing was finding a manufacturer. And with that, you have to decide where you want to manufacture from because you could always source abroad, which is what I ended up doing because it's going to be cheaper and you're going to make the product a little bit faster and they're going to be able to produce quicker for you. But then on the flip side of that, I knew that I had the complication of shipping it overseas and getting it into the US and paying for customs, paying for shipping, which was a whole other beast that I would have to deal with. Whereas it wouldn't be as quick if you source it from the US. And so that was a whole process of me searching manufacturers, on my own, I had no idea what I was doing or what I was trying to look for, but I was looking for manufacturers that would be able to make the type of clothing that I produce. And after talking to maybe like 30, 40 manufacturers, I settled on one that's in China. And the one that I found, I'm really, really proud of this because the one that I found is family run, sustainably made, which is really rare to find in a Chinese manufacturer these days, I feel like. So I went with them. And from there, I started working on the samples and that required me sending them in tech packs, which are kind of outlines of each piece that have measurements and all of the fabric things that I wanted and all of the details of the clothing. And once I send in those to them, then we talk about all of the logistical things that weren't included in the tech pack. And that entailed a lot of video calls and FaceTimes and whatnot to figure out exactly how I wanted the pieces to look. And from there, they send you samples. And that's the first thing that you pay for on the forefront are the samples. And they send those to me. And I get one piece in one size of each design. And then I approve them and I send them back and forth. And they keep sending samples until they're perfect. And that probably took four or five rounds of getting samples in for me to perfect the clothing for the first line. And from there, I bulk ordered. And that's when I had all of my product and no marketing, no photos of my products at all and nothing to show for it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's what led me to try to figure out the marketing side of what it took to start a fashion business. And that was a little bit more complicated. I can talk about that too. That's so interesting that you go back and forth with the manufacturer for samples. I feel like I mean, you said that process took you four months. I feel like that could take years even for some companies just to get it exactly how you want it because sometimes, you know, visions don't align, um, creative direction isn't always the same. So how is that process for you, like communicating with the manufacturer? Because their um, specialty is probably like sewing and but not specifically design, correct? Correct. So you're so right that the most difficult thing was trying to make my vision come to life, all while communicating with people that are in a completely different time zone, speak broken English because English wasn't their first language. And they didn't really manufacture the type of clothing that I wanted to produce regularly. They had in the past, but it wasn't their specialty, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I really wanted to give it a chance with this one manufacturer because of the sustainability and because of the great 
production that they were running within their family. I thought that it was really inspiring and cool. And I, I wanted to work with someone that was a real person. And it was really important to me that my manufacturer was personal and I was going to be able to build relationships with these people rather than just sending in my stuff to a big corporate organization. And so this was interesting because I would communicate with them. They wouldn't understand what I was trying to say. I would try to re-explain it. And so it took a lot longer than it maybe might have if I sourced it from the U.S. But I do think that the prices and what I found in them as people, as manufacturers, was way more important to me than what I could have found here. Yeah. Well, and now too, like the more you produce with them and the more you source from them, like the more that you're, they're going to understand you and your vision. So I feel like it's really just about like building that relationship and then they'll understand like your vision more. So exactly. And it's going to be a lifelong relationship that I do have with this family, because like I said, they pass it down through their generations. And so I think that's a really cool thing too, because people want to source from the U S where a lot of things are overpriced. It's hard to find a manufacturer that's going to give you something fair on what you're wanting to order. And the fact that I was able to find this in China is kind of a gold mine. So my dad calls it and I'm, I'm really thankful for them. I really like the manufacturers that I chose and I'm thankful for the process, even though it took a little bit longer than I maybe would have wanted it to. Yeah, definitely an investment in the future, which is nice. Um, so kind of moving into marketing, I know you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but what was that process for you? I know you're a business major. So like, did you lean on your marketing 307 class for this or how did you really like come up with a strategy, if any? I will say the marketing class did help me to a certain extent in understanding what it means to target your consumer and choose platforms that are going to reach your specific audience and how important it is to throw money into the correct audience. So I think that I definitely leaned on that a little bit on the forefront, but I struggled in the area of getting the content that would elevate the brand in the way that I wanted it to be elevated. And the way that I kind of figured out that situation is through my summer internship that I had last year. So I worked for two people, their names are France and Jesse, and they run a branding, marketing and photography company for a bunch of fashion brands like Opali, Princess Polly, Club L London, a bunch of brands like that. And I had the privilege of working for them and seeing what they do on set and how they work on their branding. And I've seen them build up brands and create the brand content for so many successful fashion brands that I was able to kind of internalize it and bring it into my own. And then with that, I built my relationship with them and I got to know them better. And they ended up getting equity in my company. So they own 10% currently. And because of this 10%, they have offered to shoot all of my campaign and e-com content for me, which is so awesome because they are so, so talented and I'm really, really thankful for them. And they kind of steered me in the direction of launching my brand to a bigger degree than I kind of imagined before. Because before that, I was having my friends model for me. My big is a photographer, so I had her take some photos of my friends in the clothes and I was gonna put those up to the website. But France and Jesse kind of gave me the opportunity to make my brand bigger and more professional than I ever would have imagined it to be. So they Mm -hmm. ended up doing my photo shoot for me, which was really awesome. And I had to go through the process of finding a model, which meant that I had to have casting calls and talk to agents from different agencies. 
and find the model that was going to be perfect for the image that I wanted to create for the brand. And so once I found her, I had to go to work on the set for the photo shoot itself. And that started with a Pinterest board. I curated a bunch of Pinterest boards showing the design that I wanted for the set. And then from there, I had to go out and find the actual pieces, find the backdrops, design what I wanted it to look like on Photoshop, and then physically build it so that we could actually shoot on it. And so after that entire process, they were able to shoot my content for me, sent it in, and now it's what you see on my website and on the Instagram, which is really cool and exciting. Yeah. And let me say, like, the photos are stunning. And I feel like you did a really good job with the aesthetic and, like, also, like, the fact that it's all your pieces are satin and they just, like, have this, like, delicacy and femininity. And I feel like that's really reflected in the set. And the pictures are beautiful. They're, like, simple, but also just very aesthetically pleasing. I don't know. So props to you for having that turn out so well. (laughs) No, that means so much because I truly spent so much of my time trying to curate it in the way that I wanted it to look. And even though the pictures came out and everybody just sees the after product, I'm really happy that the whole month-long process of me figuring out what I wanted it to look like and finding the pieces, finding the furniture and everything that goes into it, that it actually paid off and it, it reads the way that I wanted it to. So that's really cool. Yeah. And even like the fact that the people from your internship help you, I think is so symbolic of like the fashion industry and how it's all really about like connections and who you know um, and how like every experience is so worthwhile because you never know how it's going to help you out in the long run. So that's also cool that they were willing to help and invest in your brand as well. I know. And I totally agree with that. I think that every connection that you make with any person, even if they're not really in the industry, because they're photographers, they don't, they don't create clothes, they don't manufacture, they don't know anything really about the business side of creating a brand. But when it comes to marketing and photography and showcasing the clothing, they know everything. So it was just telling that a relationship that I didn't know would help me so much in the long run because I fostered it and because I put so much time and effort into it it ended up helping me so much with where I wanted to go. So I think that was a really interesting thing that I was able to experience. Mm -hmm. And did they help you build the website or did you do that on your own? I built the website on my own originally. And so when I was working on it for this past year, I bought the Wix website, bought the domain and made it myself and created the pages and everything and how I wanted it to look. And then they came in and they spiced it up a little bit and made it look a little bit more professional. So they did help me on the back end with my website, but the basis of it was all me learning how to build it myself. Yeah. And that kind of brings me into like, just being an entrepreneur, you really wear all hats. And I've talked about this before on the podcast with other people, but as an entrepreneur, you learn how to do like the most random things. I feel like like you're you're an accountant, but you're also like the creative strategist and um, like building a website. So I guess for you, like what's been the most interesting part about being an entrepreneur? What amazing things have you learned and how has that kind of like shaped your experience? I think the most interesting part to me was understanding that I was going, because you're so right, you have to wear so many hats and you have to do so many different things, especially when you're starting a company from the ground up as a singular person. And so I think the most interesting part was that I realized that I needed to become an expert in fields that I never would have pushed myself to learn about. 
So for example, like Instagram is one of the biggest marketplaces for fashion brands. Mm-hmm. And that means that I had to push myself into the world of Instagram ads and buying ads and pushing my products within Instagram and Facebook marketplace, which is something that I never would have learned before. And with that, I had to set up an Instagram and Facebook shop, which required coding and trying to figure out metapixels and all of these random computer science (laughs) tasks that I never would have learned before. And so I knew that I had to do it though, because I, of course, like you said, I'm an entrepreneur. And so I need to get things like that done for my brand to run properly in the way that I want it to be. So I legitimately just sat down one day in summer for, I think, 12 hours straight and learned how to do it and learned how to put in the code in the places that I needed to put it in and get my Instagram, Facebook shop up and running and connected to my website. And so that was one of the moments for me where I realized, wow, this is going to take a lot of work in places that I didn't think I was going to have to have knowledge Mm -hmm. It's eye-opening because there are a lot of tasks that need to be done to properly run a business that I never would have thought of before. And I'm a business major, which means that I'm learning all of the things that I should know to properly run a business in theory. But I am shocked at the amount that I've learned just from this process alone that are things that I never would have learned within my business classes, which is interesting and cool. I have always said this, like the best way to learn is just like throwing yourself into something and experience it. Cause it really like, you don't have anyone like holding your hands. Like you can just open up a book to chapter four about like metapixels and figure it out from there. Like you really just have to sit down and like you said, just figure it out on your own, which can be intimidating. But then like, I feel like you really become the expert. And like, even with this podcast, like I didn't know how to, what an RSS feed was, but like now I feel like I'm an expert in it. And I don't know, it's, it's so interesting. I feel like I could talk about that for days, but um, (laughs) yeah, just like having to like throw yourself into something completely. And you kind of go in, you're like, I have no idea, but I'm going to figure it out. And I feel like that's such a good attitude to have. Right. And it's so much more rewarding too, because then when the outcome comes, you're like, I did that. And I put in the work to figure out how to do all of the things. And so I think it's so much more of a rewarding process. Completely. So I guess we're talking about rewarding processes. How was it to see like your product being sold? Do you remember the first thing that sold on your website? I do. Well, I actually had a pop-up at our sorority on the front lawn. Mm. And that was my first time selling my product to the public. That was my first time actually making a sale. And my first sale was one of my best friends. Her name's Brooke. And I just remember how excited she was to be holding something and to be taking home something that I created and that I made. And that was kind of a cool moment for me because I had been working on this thing for so long and it had so long been something that was within my head or within my computer and my own space, my own work. And I was watching one of my best friends walk away holding a shirt that I created because of the brand that I put the work into and the things that I had done in that past year. So that was a really, really cool moment for me of just being proud of the fact that I had made it to that point and that my brand had made it to the place where I could actually sell it to people. Yeah. And also I bet that's so cool when you like see your friends wearing your stuff and you're like, whoa, like I made that. <laughs> that's such yeah, an awesome. It happens. It's happening every day. My friend had an invite the other day on Friday and she was wearing one of my dresses to her invite. And that was another moment for me where I was like, wow, there are people actually wearing this and people seeing it. And that's 
that's everything that I've wanted with this because I started so small and I, the only goal that I had with starting this brand was to create something that I love that was going to be impactful and was going to empower women in the way that I wanted it to. And the fact that it's actually being worn and I can see people wearing it and posting it and tagging in it is just really, really cool. So yeah, that's exciting. And also, I know that you donate a lot of the proceeds to women empowering nonprofits. So can you talk about that a little bit, like why you decided to do that, why it's integrated into your brand and what specific charities you donate to? Yeah, of course. So nonprofit has always been a huge part of my life. And I thought for the longest time that I wanted to work in nonprofit and that I wanted to minor in nonprofit. I am a dance minor at USC now, but I wanted to double minor in dance and nonprofit And that just ended up being too much with my schedule. Otherwise, I definitely would have done it. But nonprofit and charity organizations, I feel, are my second passion under fashion. Oh, that rhymes. (laughs) But um, that is something that I've always cared about so deeply. And personally, I think that women empowerment is something that I have instilled into my values because of my mom and because of my family. And with that, I wanted both of those to be something that I impacted in my work one day. And so when I started Amy Kamalani and I started thinking about the way that I wanted to run my brand, I wanted it to have a purpose. I didn't want it to just be another fashion brand or another fast fashion industry promoter, if that makes sense. I wanted Mm -hmm. it to have something behind it that backed it. And that's when I thought of the idea to donate some of my proceeds to women empowering nonprofits, because not only would I be pursuing fashion and something that I love and being able to create and design clothes and sell them to the world, but I would also be doing something that made a difference and made some sort of change. And so it was kind of an intersection of my two passions, if that makes sense. Yeah. And with that, I started researching a bunch of women empowering nonprofits or organizations. And the first one that I'm going to donate to is a thrift store. They're actually located in Canada, but they give 100% of their profits to women in the area that need money for basic needs. And so I thought that that was really cool because if I'm a fashion brand donating to a thrift store, one, it stays in the circle of sustainable fashion. And two, it's helping all of the women in that area that are struggling or that need some sort of extra lift up. So I thought that was really cool. And I have a whole list of other women empowering nonprofits that I'm going to donate to in the future, but I'm running the company in a way that we donate a percentage of each collection to a different nonprofit. So for this first line that's out right now, the satin edit, we're going to donate to that thrift store, which is really awesome. It's cool because it's like you're empowering women through the clothes that you're designing because you're helping them feel confident and feminine. But on the flip side, you're also like donating money and making a change in a different way as well. So, yeah, that's really cool how it all connects. And even with the um, company that you're going to or nonprofit you're going to donate to for the satin edit, having it be sustainable as well. There's a lot of crossover. So that's really cool. Right. And I, I wanted the brand to have a lot of core values in that way. And I didn't want it, like I said, to just be another fast fashion brand or a contributor to that industry. So I think that when I was building it, the reason it took me so long was because I was trying to incorporate all of these elements that make it something meaningful, meaningful to people. Yeah. And moving into a little bit about, I guess, the future of your brand. Um, do you have anything up and coming? What is your inspiration for the next collection or edit? 
I guess, just what's next for you in this brand? So my current project that I'm working on is the fall line, which is going to be coming out sometime in January, February, I'm hoping. And I've been working on making the sketches and the tech packs like I was telling you about for that line. And the inspiration for that one comes a lot from my old boss, France, because she has a taste and style that is very feminine, but also really elevated in the way that she chooses what she wears. And so I wanted this line to be a variation of the satin edit. So it's going to be an all satin material as well, but I wanted it to be one fall tailored, but a little bit more elevated in design. So I'm going to have some longer dresses, some nicer pants, some coats. So I wanted to bring the brand to another level of fashion, a little bit higher than the previous line that I released, which is really exciting because it's going to change the brand image a little bit and put it into a category of nice high-end clothing that is also at an affordable price and for a good cause. That's cool with like the different collections that you do that you can kind of like target a different, not style because it's all within the same style, but like a different aesthetic. I feel like that's really cool as a designer, I guess. Like I feel like you'd be able to draw inspiration in a lot of unique ways. Yeah. And I love it because I've always been a very creative person and all while being a business major, I realized that there are so many sectors that I could go into that would dim my creativity a little bit, whether it was finance or IB or something of the sort. And so I love that creating this has given me the outlet to both pursue my dreams as being a business owner and also fuel my creative outlet and feel fulfilled through my creativity, which is really awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Wait, I just thought of this, but didn't you host like a fashion show for something? Was it like... Yes, yes. Well, I'm in a club on campus called FIA, Fashion Institute Association, and it's like the USC Fashion Club, and they have a fashion show every spring semester. And so that was my first look at any of my pieces, the first time anybody had seen any of them because I only had my samples in. I wasn't ready. I was still in the process of perfecting everything and making my website, but this club had their fashion show And I really, really wanted to be a part of it because I was a creator and I wanted to show my clothes to the people that were going to come to that. And so they had their fashion show in downtown LA and rented out a studio and a bunch of my friends came. I think they sold about 200 tickets for that. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on it. But I think that there was a pretty good turnout for it. Yeah. And that was the first time that anybody saw any of my clothes, which was a little bit premature because I ended up releasing them this past semester. But that was a really, really cool experience. And I'll definitely be back there again in the spring with a lot more content and clothes to show, which will be really exciting as well. Yeah, it's exciting. It's nice that you have like that first look and kind of to like gauge interest and like see the clothes on the actual runway and seeing like all your designs kind of come to life before you really put it out there. So that was nice that you had that. Yeah, exactly. I think it was a really big motivational moment for me too, because at that point I had been working on the brand for about six months and trying to get everything up and running on my own. And nobody had really seen what I had been working on besides my roommates or the people that were really close to me. And so that was a cool moment because other people were able to give their opinions on my work and see it and see what I've been working on. And so I think that that fashion show definitely gave me the push to want to continue to work hard for the next six months after that to bring the brand where it is today. Yeah. And I feel like even 
it's hard as an entrepreneur, especially since you work alone, like you put so much work into it. Like, I think you said you were working on it for a full year before, before you actually like sold product and having those little moments of like, I guess like stepping stones. Yeah. As you said, can be just like a great motivator. Cause you're like actually sharing it and kind of remembering like why you're putting in all of this work. Right. Exactly. And it was a cool process. It just took a long time. Yes. <laughs> All good things do. <laughs> okay, so my last big question for you, Amy, is do you see this brand as a stepping stone in your career or is this something that you constantly want to attend to and nurture? I think that this brand is something that I'm going to want to keep around for the rest of my career just because I care about it so much and it's such a great creative outlet for me. And so I'm definitely going to continue to nurture it and continue to build it as I move on and get older. But I can also answer that question as a stepping stone because I took so long trying to figure out what manufacturer to use and how to build a website and what it means to create a tech pack and all of the little things that I didn't know before that go into creating a brand. And so I want to start another new venture off of this where I'm able to help young girls that also want to start their own fashion lines or their own fashion companies. Because I put in the work for so long to figure it all out on my own, I want to be able to help others. And so the new venture that I want to create from this is kind of like a brand in a box. So if somebody wants to start their own company or their own clothing line or brand, they can come to me and I can essentially give them all of the tools to do that in such a quick way that they're able to get it off the ground so much faster than I was able to get my own off the ground, whether that entails manufacturing, website, whatever they might need, or if it's all of the above to create their brand. I want that to be my newest venture because with this newfound knowledge that I have of how to create this and all of the steps that go into making it a reality, I I hope that I'm going to be able to help other people with that as well. Yeah, that's amazing. You're truly an entrepreneur making new businesses left and right. (laughs) I can't wait to see like where this takes you. I feel like you really like found something special where it's your passion and I'm excited to see the different designs you make and the different edits and also the photos and website. It's really cool to follow along with you. Thanks. I really appreciate that. If you are new to Perspective Podcast, we do a little speed round of questions so you can get to know our guests a little bit better. And because Perspective is an extension of Spec Magazine, a fashion, lifestyle, culture, and wellness publication at USC, we like to frame the questions regarding these topics. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing you, Amy, as a fashion designer. And so I really want to focus on this. So Amy, just answer with whatever comes to mind and let's get started. So who is your style icon? Definitely Audrey Hepburn. I think that her style is so timeless, so classic, and she is always relevant in the fashion world, even if she isn't coming out with new clothes and new styles to pull from every day. And I think that that's really, really impactful that she's always been such a relevant style icon. And I've looked to her for a lot of inspiration. Who or what is your go-to outfit for class? I really like going for a linen pant of some sort, comfy running shoes. I love my New Balance shoes and a tank top, a plain tank top. It's usually what I wear. Um, what trend are you predicting for the winter? 
for the winter, I'm predicting a lot of long skirts. We're already seeing them a decent amount in fall, but I think that long skirts with boots is going to be the biggest thing for winter and winter fashion. Um, speaking of trends, would you consider your style more trendy or classic? I would think that I fall somewhere in the middle. I really like following trends, but I always do them in a way that is really true to the things that I love and the feminine mixed with streetwear style that I usually follow. So I would say both. What is an up and coming brand that you're loving right now? Up and coming brand that I love. I really like Nana Jacqueline because their stuff, even though it's pretty highly priced, I think that their stuff is really, really classic and elegant and they bring a new spin on fashion that I haven't seen in brands lately. And so I think that they're going to be really big in the future and continue to do well. What's something that you do for your own mental health? I really like taking walks because those clear my head and I'm able to sort through my feelings and my thoughts for that day. And so taking walks by myself is one of my favorite things to do. And what do you do for self-care? Self-care, I think that a long shower, not too long because we don't want to waste too much water, but a long shower always makes me feel so much better after a long day or when I'm stressed out. And that's my favorite thing to do. What is your like ideal weekend in LA? Like what are your favorite things to do? Restaurants? I, of course, because fashion, I really love shopping and I love looking for new boutiques and places to shop. And I usually do that around the Melrose area, but not specifically on the Melrose street, because I find a lot of little pop-up boutiques and places like that around that area. And Mm -hmm. so ideally, if I had to have my perfect day, I would go out there and shop around and look at the new places. And if the designers are in-house, I love talking to them and asking them about their work because, of course, that's the field that I'm in currently. And I also love John and Vinny's and it's right there. So if I could go have lunch at John and Vinny's and shop around for the day, that would be the perfect day for me. Yeah. And speaking of boutiques, like, do you think that with you and your brand, like you would ever open a brick and mortar? I definitely have considered it. And right now I'm pushing the basis of my brand to be e-commerce because it's just more convenient for my current life. And I wouldn't be able to work the store myself right now, but I definitely have thought about it. And I might want to do pop-ups over the summer as the years go on. So that's definitely something that I'm going to move forward to in the future. Well, that brings us to the end of episode four. But with that being said, make sure to follow Amy Kamalani on Instagram so you get updates about what new drops and collections are coming out, as well as getting to see the stunning editorial style photos, as well as the amazing pieces that Amy designs and creates. And lastly, as always, check out Spec Mag USC to get updates about new perspective episodes, as well as Spec Magazine updates and news. Thank you, Amy, for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down and chat. I know how busy the entrepreneur life can be, so I definitely appreciate it. It was so wonderful hearing about all the things that Amy Kamaloni is doing, and I can't wait to see where this takes you and the beautiful pieces that you'll continue to design. Thank you so much for having me. 
All right. Well, I'm your host, Chloe Kopsky. Thank you for listening to season two, episode four. Be back next week with another episode with an interesting USC perspective. Thank you.